what is a critical conversation? A critical conversation is a conversation that, it, that reveals important content, not only about ourselves, but about other people. Critical conversations edify, heal, and provide substance. Join Latanya Harris Gooden as she introduces us to critical conversations right here on Trailblazing Radio. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell legal and lead-free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's the bling of all bling when you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So... We have items for women, for men, and for young fashionistas out there. We don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished On Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, Latanya Harris Gooden. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one that makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be polished on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished? Be poised. Be purposeful. Climb it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. There we go. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to tonight's edition of Critical Conversations, the Mental Health Discussion. I am so excited about today's show and really about the events that have been going on this month concerning mental health. Uh, If you attended last Sunday's uh, mental health forum at Liberating Truth Church in Detroit. Uh, You know, we had an amazing time with Coach Felicia, our Donald Coleman, forgiveness coach, Sandra Cobb. Uh, It was amazing. And we had such real conversation about real life, real issues. And that's really what mental health is. It's a real issue. It's no need to be ashamed if you are going through mental health crises. We need to bring it to the forefront and have these kinds of critical conversations to make sure you know that there is help and that there is hope and you do not have to suffer alone. So for those of you who are joining me for the very first time, I'm Latanya Harris-Gooden. I am your hostess of this show. This show was created technically about four years ago uh, at a library when I did my first interview. Shout out to Ashley Soleil, who was my very first guest. And we talked about cyber bullying and even incest. And it kind of grew into just some Facebook lives here and there. But just last year, I got a call 
from the CEO and COO of Trailblazers Radio. Shout out to Trailblazers Radio and subscribe, by the way, shameless plug. And they asked me to do what I love, to be a podcaster. It has been a dream to do what I do each and every Saturday and Tuesday to come to you with real discussions and real conversations uncomfortable conversations, but necessary conversations. And I really want to thank you all for those of you who have been supporting me from day one. October 29th was my very first show and I have been moving full speed ahead ever since. Also, if you know anything about my story slash testimony, this was created out of my diagnosis of having anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder uh, pertaining to childhood trauma and workplace trauma. And having to get therapy, uh, having a psychiatrist, having a team of professionals help me to maneuver uh, has been amazing. Uh, we are demystifying uh, what therapy is and what it's for. Um, we in, in our culture, unfortunately, as African-Americans, we have kind of shied away. And as Christians or church people, we've kind of shied away from that. And unfortunately, we've suffered. Uh, we try to pretend that we have it all together when we're in each other's presence. But secretly, we are dying. Uh, we are taking our lives. We are suffering and we're passing on this trauma to other generations because we won't talk about it. We won't get help. So the Elephant Speaks is the mental health forum taking place part two tomorrow at Liberating Truth Church. I will pop the flyer in the comments. Apostle Pamela Morgan will be the speaker along with uh, two more uh, people from All Wellbeing Services. Uh, so, and we're going to talk to someone today from All Wellbeing Services. I'm excited. Thank you, All Wellbeing, because you just gravitated toward this opportunity. And you're going to meet Miss Hannah in a moment. I'm so grateful that there are organizations out there willing to come into this platform and really give a voice to what some people are harboring. And to really show that there's community involvement. There are organizations in your community that are willing to help you. You do not have to suffer alone. My CEO, Fred, is in the chat. Yeah, some of us don't like therapy and we think therapy is the devil. And that's the truth. As comical as it may sound, therapy is not the devil. It can be your best friend. It could literally be life or death. And I particularly have chosen life, and I really hope that you make that choice too. So if you've been following me, the entire mantra of this show is the seven dimensions of wellness. The seven dimensions, physical, emotional, spiritual, environmental, financial, social, vocational. And we've been on emotional for a few months because it's just that layer, it's just that heavy. And in my opinion, how else can you flourish in the other six if emotionally you are a wreck, if emotionally you are detached, uh, you are scattered, you are in fear, you are in denial. So we've been doing this in order to get information out to you to show you women and men 
mental health matters. Your mental health matters. So why did I call this critical conversations? I called my show this because if we don't have these conversations, many of us won't survive. Many of us will stay stuck in an abyss of trauma, ruminating thoughts of our past, and we will never be able to live in the fullness of who God made us to be. And we'll always be in, a, in this vortex of why this happened to me. Well, we can't say why it happened. It did happen and we can move forward. So without any further ado, I am going to bring up uh, my guest for this evening. Her name is Hannah. I want to say Burkett. Give me a thumbs up if I said it right or a thumbs down if I said it wrong, Hannah. Okay, I did. Uh, oh, kind of. Okay, in the middle. <laughs> I'm going to bring her on and she can pronounce it the right way. So I need you to give a warm virtual welcome to Hannah B. Hello. Hello. Um, actually, yeah, it's Hannah Burkett. You're very close. Burkett. So close. I just yeah. had emphasis in the wrong spot. Well, thank yeah. you. Hannah, I want to say a huge thank you to you and the entire organization of All Wellbeing Services just for being open to having this conversation. Uh, I know that there's going to be two more people going to Liberating Truth tomorrow for the forum. You didn't have to graciously accept. So I just say a humble thank you for being a part of this very, very important discussion. And I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself, talk to us about what you do. Before I do that, I did a little bit of homework <laughs> and I found out a little bit about what all well-being services, we're going to call it AWBS for mm -hmm. short, what you do in a nutshell, but we're going to unpack that layer by layer uh, and talk about what your slice of this looks like and how, oh, here comes our next guest. Kimberly is coming in and I'll bring her up in just a moment. But um, because of what I've been dealing with, Hannah, I am now on a journey, a full speed ahead journey to have as much conversation as possible about mental health. And I know that this is a layered conversation. We're going to get as much as we can get in, in this hour to an hour and a half. But I want to, first of all, let everyone know, uh, this is a, I believe, is it just Michigan-based, Hannah? Uh, yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. So in Michigan, there are a couple different locations of this organization, and they offer comprehensive evidence-based mental health services for children, adolescents, and adults in a welcoming environment. A variety of services, including but not limited to case management, psychiatry, outpatient therapy, and peer support services are available to enable people to reach their treatment goals. They have an integrated and multifaceted approach to empower their clients to use their strengths and abilities to lead healthier and happier lives. Wow. That alone blew me away because many of us have not been living our happiest life. We have not really, I would even say we've been merely existing because of mental health 
diseases, disorders, turmoil, whatever you want to call it. And to know that there is an organization out here, which has been around for decades. I want to say about 60 plus years. Yeah, I think so. That's a long time. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm only 47 years old. Yeah. But it's just, just to know that it's a pillar in the community. When you've been around that many decades, you've become a pillar in the community. And to have a mental health focus, it's amazing. I want to know, Hannah, mm-hmm. what do you do? If introduce yourself to my viewers and just kind of give us an idea of what your capacity is at AWBS. All righty. So at AWBS, so I do, I'm an intake specialist. Okay. So I'm the first face you see when you start your mental health journey. Um, so usually we try to be really welcoming here. We ask you a bunch of questions, so heads up, (laughs) um, and just try to connect you with services, um, that best fits your need as well as we're also person-centered planning. Um, so that means you decide your goals. We don't tell you what to do. You decide where you want to take this journey. So that is kind of the element of my job. Awesome. So when you say intake and you mention a lot of questions, mm-hmm. I happen to work in the insurance industry. And when we take our initial calls, uh, we ask a lot of questions and sometimes questions can cause people to be a little uncomfortable, especially if you are asking ones that are somewhat personal, even though you're doing it with the perfect intention. Uh, how do you make them feel comfortable Uh, when they're going through this intake process, Hannah? Um, So usually um, myself, um, just as being a practitioner for for about six years, um, I try to be really welcoming, calm, uh, try to kind of give them a heads up that I'm going to be asking personal questions. And if there's any questions I don't want to talk about at that time, that's completely fine. Um, so typically while we go through the intake process, it can be about an hour to two. Okay. Um, and I do ask a lot of questions. Um, so I try to make it a very welcoming understanding um, as well as judgment-free environment. Um, so people feel like they're able to share Um, So that's kind of how I set it up. Awesome. I want to talk about what I just read in terms of what AWBS is about. And before I get too deep in that, my second guest, Kimberly, is in the studio. I'm going to bring her up right now with that beautiful smile. I'm loving these smiles today. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi, Kimberly. Hi, I'm here. Yes, I'm so sorry. I completely lost track of time. I don't know what happened. You came in just in time. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. You know each other. Yep. Yes. Okay, very good. Very good. Yes. So, Kimberly, welcome officially to the show. Thank you for having me. And I'm so grateful once again for how enthusiastic you both were to even come on today to talk about something as sensitive as mental health, but as necessary as mental health. And um, yes, I want to talk about, I I guess this was kind of the mission of what you all do. What is evidence-based mental health? Can anyone address that? What does that mean? Um, I can go first and then if Kim wants to, so, so evidence-based, um, so typically a lot of our therapeutic techniques, 
um, as well as uh, the course of treatment. So we use evidence-based treatment. That means it's been verified, it's been studied. Okay. Um, so it's not like we're pulling stuff out of our hat. We mm-hmm. use specific curriculum to address mm-hmm. specific mental health needs. I love that. I love that. Anything yes. to add, Kimberly? No, Hannah nailed it on the head. So just any sort of practice that has been based in research that we can mm-hmm. actually provide um you know, just evidence to say like, yes, this has been studied that we've, you know, used this technique. It's been working with multiple people, multiple backgrounds, and we're able to, you know, use this to help people to the fullest extent. I think that's important because in an arena such as mental health, you want to know that your mental health professional or organization has done their homework and determined what tactics, I hate to use that word, that's kind of harsh. What methods there, what methods are um, going to work for the different people? Everybody's different and mm-hmm. everybody's um, source of mental disease is different. Uh, some people have had childhood trauma. Some have had adult trauma. Some are from foster homes. So you never know what a person's triggers are. So knowing that AWBS is using evidence-based services means you care enough to create a tailored approach for each individual. Do we call them clients or patients? Um, or clients. consumers? Yeah, we call them consumers. All right, there yeah. we go. So for the consumer. And I personally appreciate that because in my experiences in having therapy, Um, And please, please know, listeners and viewers, do not be ashamed. If you have a situation where you are battling ruminating thoughts about your past or or depression or you're anxious about everything or the, the pandemic itself created a pandemonium of anxiety. I mean, our lives as we know it and knew it were turned completely upside down. Children who were accustomed to having so much social interaction in school uh, were, were denied access to that for a long time. Uh, people who had a job no longer had one in some cases because it just didn't make it through the pandemic. So you have to allow yourself some grace, ladies and gentlemen, and say, I may need help because my life is no longer what it was. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I yes. have a third special guest. Who do we have yes. here? This is Rowdy. Rowdy, hello. Speaking yes. of pets, yes. I learned in therapy that pet therapy Ooh, is yes. a thing. And I mm-hmm. have a support pet. Yes. Uh, Butter uh, is my wonderful doggy who is, um, he's being quiet now, knock on wood. Yes. But if you hear him, just know he's saying something very serious. Uh-huh. Exactly. He's a professional. He is. Yeah. He has heard all my therapy sessions. Oh yes. I'm just saying he knows all my business. But yes. therapy is a form of therapy. When I have an anxiety oh, attack, I go get butter and I lay him right over my heart, and he can mm-hmm. feel the heart beating so fast, and he'll just lay there and bring it down. Just bring yeah. it. So I've learned so much, but this evidence-based mental health in my own therapy, and I kind of thought, let me just be totally transparent. Let me go back some. 
there is a misconception that people that have mental health conditions are only people you see talking to themselves, Ooh. swatting at flies, and having these emotional, strange outbursts. That's mm -hmm. not the, the that's not really what mental health is or mental right. health problems. Mm -hmm. It could be a part of it. There are people who are out there that do suffer from schizophrenia or, or bipolarism or whatever, but there are people like me who were functional, but in a dysfunctional way oh, that yes. led me to therapy. I have a whole job. I have a whole husband, child, business, all of that. So please don't think that people who have mental health conditions are just homeless and just out here with no place to go. Mm -hmm. People are suffering. Professionals are suffering. Mm -hmm. We may not see it visibly. We don't put on a t-shirt saying, hello, I. Yeah. <laughs> we don't right? do that, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And it just oh, yes. a multitude of people. It has no respect of person or color or creed, ethnicity. It hits us in every way. Also, my next question, when you say case management, what does it mean to manage a case, Kimberly? So when it comes to case management, um, case management is going to be like a little less intensive than therapy would be. Um, so case managers are kind of people, they don't really do like talk therapy, right? Uh -huh. But they're more of like the doers, the problem mm -hmm. solvers, not the therapists aren't, but mm -hmm. they're going to talk with you and figure out like, okay, so I can't do therapy with you, but what are some things that you're going through? What are some things that you're struggling with and how can I help you with that? So okay. those are going to be the people that are going to be, you know, like out finding resources for people. They'll okay. do referrals a lot. Um, they'll do, you know, check-ins to make sure everything's going okay. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of like linking and coordination of services, monitoring. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes too, like if people are really not looking for like intensive therapy, like they might be like just taking medications, right. And they're doing really well on their medications. Um, a case manager can just check in once a month and make sure like you get in your appointments, you're taking your medications as prescribed, everything going okay. Do you need to see the nurse? Um, so it can be someone to just kind of touch base with while you're um, receiving mental health services like medication management um, and just make sure that everything is going okay. I think that's phenomenal um, because, and you mentioned someone may not feel comfortable at this point with intensive therapy. Therapy can be intensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. You oh, can yes. open up some things that maybe you haven't talked about. It could be somewhat triggering. It could be somewhat jarring. I'm just going to be honest. Um, we just had a show just last night about incest. And mm -hmm. the first time in my entire life that I associate incest with what my stepfather did to me. I just uh -huh. didn't. I In my mind, he wasn't my bio father. So oh, that right. word just was too harsh for me. Oh, no, no, that's not my. No. However. Mm -hmm because of him being a father figure in my life, yes, that was what he did to me was actually incest. But as soon as I said it, my entire chest was on fire. Mm -hmm. It was a trigger. However, mm -hmm. I learned how to channel the triggering energy into you needed to get this out, Latanya. Oh, yeah. It'll mm -hmm. die down. Just give it a moment. Let it, let it marinate. So... Mm -hmm. 
the case management aspect sounds as though you're partnering with your consumer mm -hmm. because their health is you you have their best interest in mind, which is their health. Yes. And their mental mm -hmm. health and checking in on them. Our CEO has been doing mental health check-ins. I commend him as a man on mm -hmm. even addressing the subject of mental health and being so transparent about what he deals with himself. Hats off CEO Fred Beatty. Uh, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm grateful because the dialogue is so necessary for check-ins to me say, you care. AWBS wants yeah. to stay a part of my life to say, hey, how you doing? How's mm -hmm. things going? They may not have reached out to you, but you reaching out to them might have been, you know what? I'm, now that you called, I am struggling in this area right here. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Next question. Yes. Treatment goals. Mm -hmm. What are some of the goals that you are able to mention that consumers have in terms of their mental health journey? Um, well, we, uh, we can't talk about specific goals, just right. like, you know, privacy. Generally. Generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So usually I know for our agency, we pick a, a mental health goal as well as a physical goal because your okay. physical and mental health kind of are interlinked. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why it's really important to make sure like, you know, like that's the case management aspect is making mm -hmm. sure you have all your appointments as well as I making sure your physical health is good as well as your mental health. Um, mm -hmm. So typically like, you know, we discuss like trying to decrease symptoms. That's like a yes. common one um, or mm -hmm. increasing those positive coping skills, um, yes. increasing social interaction or being able to go out more. Mm -hmm. Um decreasing, you know, kind of some negative coping skills. Like I know mm -hmm. people definitely with trauma as well as, you know, there's a way it comes out even no matter what, yes. it's usually through ne negative coping skills. Yes. Um, yep. so, and, but typically we talk with the consumer about what they want to work on. So I it's, like we're not picking the goals they are. I mm -hmm. love that because really you want the consumer to be in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. of Absolutely. making the decisions like this is your life like, we want mm -hmm. you to feel good about what your goals are and we're here to kind of co-pilot but at the exactly. end of the day this really is you making the necessary moves to to feel better to be better i love how you said the physical and mental go hand in hand i know um just from my own experience when i am feeling overwhelmed anxious depressed there's immediate physical um, symptoms for me. Uh, the mm -hmm. migraine, I started teeth grinding to where I no longer have cartilage in the jaw. It's bone on bone. And that came mm -hmm. from anxiety. And when you yes. are in a workplace environment where it's so much pressure and we've now normalized the 80 hour week, not the 40 hour oh, week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's that's like, oh, well, you know, that job is not 40 hours. Why not? I mean, yeah. I <laughs> exactly. But geez, when did we start making two weeks into one week? I mean, yeah. who did that? And, and let me talk to them right now. <laughs> it's, it's so long. There is no more work life balance for some people. So because of being in a pressure filled environment, you, they, they got the, their thumbprint on you. Push, push, push. And with COVID. Mm -hmm. 
some companies let so many people retire mm -hmm. uh, to save money and save the business. It doubled the workload for those who could not retire. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they did not always prepare you for the additional worker or train you or yeah. transition you into having, instead of 10 people, having 30 people. So mm -hmm. even in that environment, I mean, I was, I was really like losing it. Like, I know that I'm a good employee. I mm -hmm. know yeah. that I work hard, but I feel like I am lost. I oh, mean, yeah. like, who am I? Where am I going? What time is it? I'm coming yeah. in in the dark. I'm leaving in the dark. And oh, it started to come into my relationship with my husband, my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had my, my dreams put to the side because I was so just consumed with trying to be the consummate professional and just be all for all. And it pushed me into some mental illness. It did. It oh, did. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not afraid to talk about it anymore because when you hear mental illness, people have their own prejudgments. Oh, and yeah. they, I mean, mm -hmm. That's just me. I'm almost 50. And back in my my days, the 80s and 90s, mental illness meant crazy. Oh, yes. That was the extent of it. I mean, that was we didn't think that it meant just being over anxious or, you know, mm -hmm. having depression because of some other fact. We didn't go. We didn't go deep like that. But I'm mm -hmm. grateful that now we are more than mm -hmm. ever than in my lifetime. And I want to ask you. AWBS has qualified staff. What did you have to do to mm. be qualified to do what it is you're and Kimberly, before we get too far, what is your role with AWBS? Yeah. Um, so I am a mental health social worker. Okay. Um, I have a lot of different hats that I'm kind of picking up and putting down uh, during my time here. Uh, main one is also intake specialist. So similar to Hannah, I am one of the first faces that you meet. Um, during your mental health journey, I'll do the intake process, consent forms, signatures, things like that. Um, I also have started doing um, individual therapy as well. So I have my own individual caseload that I see for individual therapy. Awesome. Um, I've been running a couple groups as well. I'm trying to expand my group repertoire now so I can have more groups with more people. Awesome. Um, but I do run a couple mental health groups. Um, and I do have like a supervision kind of role where um, I supervise some of my coworkers as well. Um, and we run groups together and we discuss like cases, um, ethics concerns, questions, um, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm doing quite a bit. <laughs> it sounds like it, but it also appears that you both enjoy what you do. I can just yeah. feel that. And I, I, it takes a certain type of person and temperament and training and education to be able to do what you do and do it effectively. So talk mm -hmm. to me. I'll start with you, Hannah. What does it take to be a qualified person? There could be someone watching today who may not have a mental health issue, but wants to work in the mental health arena to help those that do. What qualifications that you have to have to even be able to work in your capacity? Oh, in the therapist intake role. Yes. Um, so there's obviously, so I got my bachelor's in psychology and master's in social work, um, as well as there's a licensing exam that you have to take um, after your master's. And then if you want your 
clinical licensure. Um, you have to have two more years of supervision as well as pass a test. So we have quite a lot of qualifications as well as testing, as well as continuing education um, to be able to stay in our role. So we're constantly learning and growing as clinicians. Awesome. Question for you, Kimberly. Yes. The continuity of care, how mm -hmm. important is it to have a continued care role with, with any organization that's helping in mental health? It's so important um, because due to the nature of the field that we're working in now, um, non-compliance is kind of like our biggest enemy. <laughs> um, I've never had any issues with any clients that I've worked with. It's always just been the non-compliance part. Um, so we need people to keep their appointments and we need people to continue to come because really, yes. like you said earlier, we're the co-pilot here. Right. So at the end of the day, like if you're not taking your mental health journey seriously, then there's really nothing that I can do to kind of help move you along. Right. Right. Um, if there's no driver in the driver's seat, the car's not going anywhere. Nowhere. Yes. Yes. So with continuing care, um, as case managers, as therapists, we do have like certain expectations that we're supposed to meet, you know, specifically like for our agency and like um, for legal reasons, too, because mm -hmm. like if we don't hear from you and we don't reach out to you, mm -hmm. we could be liable if something happens to you. That's yeah. just the nature of the work that we do. Um, so usually, too, like what we'll try and do, like let's, we'll say that someone's been noncompliant. Um, if it's been more than 90 days, then we go ahead and activate like the advanced action and discharging process. So okay. each month, so each 30 days of those 90 days, we're at least reaching out once and saying like, hey, how's everything going? So we'll yeah. reach out by phone. Um, we've started doing uh, mailing. We have letters that we send out to okay. clients to just make sure like, hey, like, are you still interested? Do you want to come and visit us still? Um, and we just make sure, you know, like at least once a month, we want to check in and see like, yes. is everything going okay? You're getting your appointments, like what's going on? Because if you start missing multiple appointments, then as a clinician, like I personally will get concerned, like, yes. you know, are we not serious anymore? Is something mm -hmm. happening? Yes. Um, so it, it gets really difficult. That's why continuation of care is really, really important, especially after they leave the agency too. So there might be somebody who's ready to move on to bigger and better things. Okay. Um, but we got to make sure that they have those tools in place. So yes. if an emergency happens and you can't come to us, who are you going to call? Right. Who's your support system right now? Um, so even after they're discharged from our care, we're always trying to plan for them and say, you know, like, is everything going to be good once you're gone? Right. What are some of the reasons, Kimberly, that people are non-compliant or don't want to follow up? What are the hangups? Mm, huh. It's different for a lot of people. Okay. Um, I think one of kind of the main contenders. So when we're talking like serious mental illness, so um, it's most common with people who are diagnosed with like bipolar or schizophrenia. Okay. They might not think that they have a problem. So uh, they, especially when it's bipolar, when you're in that manic state, mm -hmm. um, you're really high, you're really up there, you're getting yes. things done. It might not be getting done completely, but like, I'm starting these tasks, I'm getting things done. I'm going, going, going. I don't need to stop. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm good here. 
So we have a lot of people that come in, if they're diagnosed with bipolar, it's mm -hmm. usually when they're depressed because they can't function. When they're manic, they don't want to come in because they're like, oh, I'm perfectly fine. Everything is totally, totally cool over here. I can handle this on my own. Right. Um, and same with schizophrenia. It's just that idea. There's, there's no insight into the mental illness. So they don't think, mm -hmm. you know, like, this is something like that I might need assistance with, you know, like, oh, I'm perfectly fine. I might be hearing things and talking to myself, but I've always done that. I'm totally fine. Like I'm out here, I'm functioning. I'm getting my groceries. Like, so what if I laugh in the apple aisle to by myself and people give me a funny look? It's just, that's just normal for me. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that lack of insight into their mental illness to say like, oh yeah, I do need some help with this or, yeah, I could use some assistance right now. Um, and then too, another big one, especially in um, Detroit, uh, transportation is a really big thing. Yes. So if there's no way for them to get to the agency, then how are they going to have services? Um, one thing I do say, I will say about COVID in terms of like, if you want to consider it a positive, <laughs> um, right. is that we're able to do like telehealth services. So at yes. least like we can overcome that barrier of transportation. Mm -hmm. um, but transportation is a really big one. Like before COVID, we couldn't do telehealth uh, right. services with clients. So the fact that we can now is actually like really great. So just in case they can't make it in, the buses are messed up, their car broke down, their usual ride can't make it. I don't have money yes. for an Uber. Um, we can either do telehealth or at our locations as well we are able to offer transportation for appointments as well on certain days of the week I love so, it. yes um awesome. yeah so transportation um lack of insight and then sometimes i think people get scared mm. i think they realize like oh like i don't want to go into this anymore i thought i was ready to kind of take those steps and say Okay. Oh, this is what I've been through. This is what I want to work on. This is what we're going to do. Um, I think people just get so nervous because it's like, well, if I start going through this and digging through it, I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Things are getting too deep too fast. And yes. sometimes people just aren't ready to kind of open up that can of worms. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. I guess that's why uh, your staff have to be so expertly trained because I'm thinking if you push too much mm -hmm. and too fast, it could have a negative effect just as not talking at all. You mm -hmm. may have to go in in little small palatable bites uh, yeah. to make the person feel comfortable. Because I remember my first therapy session and all the dots that were connected in my life. I'm like, I never, what? Mm -hmm. And some things I had never voiced. Some, mm -hmm. some things I had never said. And one quick story, I had to do jury duty and mm -hmm. I'm the, the, the real strange person that likes jury duty. I just like it, but I never knew that having, I had a case that had to do with sexual abuse. Oh yeah. No problem. I'm in the jury. I think it's called jury box, but the yeah. jury thingy and I'm mm -hmm. sitting here and the, the, the judge asked a question of each juror about sexual assault. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, <laughs> um, wow. I'm going to have to be honest here and say, me, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I felt I was frozen in that moment. All the other jurors answered theirs. Okay, fine. But when it got to me, I'm, I'm almost hearing myself talking like, oh. this really happened. Did you hear what you just said, self? You did experience this. And they did dismiss me from the case because they didn't think I would be, you know, the right thing. And that's fine. But it made me realize, yeah, LHG, this really happened. And yeah. I'm, I almost, I caught myself forgetting about it. But it doesn't go away. It manifests itself in so many other ways, not trusting people, um, relationship issues, not having the right standards and who you pick to have a relationship with. So it's Mm -hmm. just my first therapy session was very heavy. When I unpacked my life and the decades of my life, I felt like I I think trauma is a time traveler. Um, Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I went back to that little girl that powerless little girl that never really had a chance to speak about what happened to her. And she's, she shows up in my adult life and I have these moments where I just take a trip back, you know, and it's it's so it's powerful. And it can also put you in a place of such vulnerability and fear and Mm -hmm. shame and guilt And in my particular case, when I did decide to tell about the trauma, my parent didn't believe me. So there's that part of the trauma. Yeah. Trust my mom. Do I not talk to her anymore? Do I just stop talking? So you have these layers of trauma. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, I want to know from either one of you ladies who want to jump on, what is two misconceptions about mental health? Two misconceptions. Mm. Um, I can definitely go for that one because I've, I've heard a lot of them. Um, so usually I've heard the common one where it's just for people that, you know, have really high mental health needs Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel that, yeah, they have a lot of stress right now, but they'll just get through it. Mm -hmm. That's a common one I've heard pretty, or like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm able to work. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z, even though I cry every day, I'm still okay. You know, I've heard that or just trying to get through it. I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, And a lot of, or people say, I'm, I can't do mental health. It's not for me Mm -hmm. because I have friends and it's like, (laughs) you know, and so usually when I try to educate people about it, because I'm a huge mental health advocate. Um, is, you know, sometimes friends don't have those trained listening skills that Kim and right. I have. Um, right. Also, you know, it, it's a wonderful therapy is a wonderful experience because it's an hour devoted to you. Um, yes. That person is not your friend. It's not your family. And they're able to talk with you, make connections yes. with you, listen to you. That's a big one. Um, as well as, you know, understanding we have um, maturation crises. That's normal throughout your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So any person at any point in their life will possibly need help. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it should be kind of a normalized thing instead of it being kind of stigmatized and shunned yes. when you're reaching out for help. So yeah, that's kind of the things I've heard. That's good. What about you, Kimberly? Yeah, I think kind of the common one um, is that just, oh, I don't need that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not for me. Um, I think, too, there can be a lot of 
cultural differences when it comes to like mental health and how we perceive it. Um, so I know like just as someone who is Caucasian, like in white families, like mm -hmm. it's very much just, we don't talk about that. Like okay. you're experiencing a big feeling right now. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about that. Like okay. something happened in the past. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Um, so I've seen that a lot with like different clients of like different races. Too. Yes. It's not limited to just white families where it's just like, we're not going to talk about that. Like mm -hmm. it happened, but we're just going to sweep it under the rug. Like mm -hmm. we don't need to, we don't need to address it. It's totally fine. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like the most common is that people don't need it. Or um, I think a lot of people might have that fear that they're going to have to be on medications. Okay. Um, yeah, like I think a lot of people get really nervous. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't want to have to take pills to be able to function or whatever the case may be. But I like to just bring it up like right at intake. Like if you're not interested in medication, like we never force people to take medication. Mm -hmm. um, we might encourage it. So like depending on what you're going through and the situation, um, and even how long you've been in treatment to see, like, if you've been here a year and you're still experiencing some of these same symptoms, but you've yes. been like talking with me and seemingly improving, we might need that little extra, you know, boost yes. to just say, you know, here you go, here, here's a pill, it'll help you balance everything out up here, and you'll be able to function better. Um, so I think sometimes people get really scared, like they're going to have to be forced on medications or mm -hmm. forced to be taking pills when they might not necessarily need to. Wow. That's another common one I see. Very good. You mentioned a word earlier, Kimberly, mania. And you mm -hmm. gave a scenario of a person who is maybe in the work environment and they're just constantly picking up all these tasks. And you, you were describing me. And mm -hmm. I I have the, the habit of, mm -hmm. like, say you're at your desk and an email goes out. Dear team, okay, mm -hmm. the word. Dear team, yeah, I'd like to have someone take on this project and do the following things. Team, okay, mm -hmm. I am the first to always respond. Do I have time? Nope, I'm behind uh, yeah. everything I'm doing. But there is something. It happened so quickly, Hannah mm -hmm. and Kimberly. I never knew. Why? I'm like, well, am I just being overzealous? Is this anxiety? What is it that makes me not step back a minute and, and analyze? Tanya, do you have the capacity? Nope, then don't touch it. But yep. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. And what happens is the response is, I got it. Right, right. I'll get to it right now. But there's only one right now. Mm -hmm. And only one thing can get done in each moment. Yep. And I'm always that one. She's gung-ho. She's the one that is willing to step up. But then when I have my meeting with my superior is, okay, what did you get done though? Well, about that. I started this. I started this. I will start emails. Never hit send. Take phone calls. Do other stuff. Get ready to close out of Outlook and have 20 emails that never got sent. Yep. And I believe that is a form of mania. Mm. I mean, this is just my assessment of myself mm -hmm. because I didn't know what to call it. I'm like, why do I do that? It's almost like mm. an out of body experience. Why did you say yes? Right. Why did you hit that button? Why did you? 
why there's no moment of think about it now think about it and yeah. maybe it's a part of the anxiety because part of it i, I want to just see it done i don't like things yep. i hate when okay are you all gonna respond <laughs> they will say well we're not because she's gonna do it well even if i sat back you won't so mm -hmm. you become the person who's willing but not the one who always gets things finished yeah and then mm -hmm. that turned to into depression because mm -hmm. my performance started to to shift where latanya you can't say yes to everything dear heart mm -hmm. you can't be all for all because now you're suffering and looking bad they're not gonna testify for you and say yep she was over here helping me yeah she was over here helping me yeah they're gonna say mm -hmm. hey that's on you so exactly. that's sort of is that possibly anxiety? I would say anxiety yes, and yeah. um, <laughs> kind of just being a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm saying that from a place that of experience. Too. Yes, because I'm very much the same where I, I want to see it get done. And yes. my mom always tells me, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Would yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's why sometimes i'll end up taking on projects because i'm like i know how to do this i can take yes. it and then like you said i have 15 emails i have 15 phone calls oh. i have 15 notes that aren't done but i think that's coming from that place of anxiety maybe mm -hmm. being a people pleaser mm -hmm. and um there was another thing you said where that i was, um like hyper independence like i need to get this yep. done and only me can do it yes yeah. yes mm -hmm. and i've noticed um because you do you have kids at all i have a 20 year old when you're a mom I'm a i mom. see this a lot in mothers <laughs> yes <laughs> a lot of clients that come in who are a mom as well mm -hmm. it's very much that i need to do i have to be super mom i have super to get everything mom. done for everyone and i have to be strong and i have to keep going because if i fall apart this whole operation is going to shut down and nobody's going to be happy yes and in some cases uh, like myself, I'm the oldest child. Yes. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. um, a parent can lean on you in a different way than they would their younger child because you've been around mm -hmm. them longer. You know a little bit more. You, you're mm -hmm. my sister and I are 12 years apart. So uh -huh. you know, when we were young, uh, we shared a room, and I, I became little mama. You know, yeah. at 13 years, I'm like, hey, this is your kid, not mine. You know, but yeah. I grew to to you know, to love her so like she's my little baby even now and she's 36. Right. She, but it's like <laughs> sometimes I don't think she's that old, but she's 30 plus, 30 plus. <laughs> but sometimes when, when you're and when you're a single mom and when yeah. you have to step up to the plate for so long, I've been married mm -hmm. for five years. So I've only known, you know, that kind of support, you know, for mm -hmm. my daughter for five years. Prior to that, it was me. I had to make all the decisions, get everything done. If, if it didn't yeah. come through me, it wasn't happening. So sometimes our environment and our circumstances make us respond a certain way. And I think it yeah. kind of put into, you know, my work. Plus I've always been the go-to. If you need something, go yes. right over there. Her name is Latanya and she will help you. Mm -hmm. oh, yes, I will help you. You know, and I've saying no would make me feel guilty like a mm -hmm. failure like i'm not pulling my weight and i never yeah. wanted anyone to say she just doesn't make the cut she doesn't pull her weight the problem with it was not saying no 
made me appear to be like I was slacking. Mm -hmm. I'm working 10, 12 hours. I know I'm not lazy, but the mm -hmm. way I was allocating my time yeah. and my energy and my effort just wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. Just not healthy at all. So I want to switch gears. Yes. In light of what we experienced this past week mm -hmm. at MSU and so many other situations in terms of school shootings, um, mall shootings, mm -hmm. I want to know, I put a post out there and I asked a question. I said, is it fair that when something bad happens, the very first thing we say is it's mental illness. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Um, I just, I feel like there's a lot of factors here. Like we don't live yeah. in a vacuum um, right. at all. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, even when you're explaining your example of like, mm -hmm. you know, your work stuff, like there is multiple different things that contribute to that one action. Right. So mm -hmm. I feel like people kind of putting a stamp on one thing um, as a result of a horrible tragedy. Um, it's not really giving it justice. There's multiple yeah. reasons and multiple factors of why that occurred, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. I agree. Kimberly, same thing, you agree? Yeah, same thing. We can't just pin everything on a mental illness. It, it's almost similar, like, when people, I don't know if you're into astrology at all, but, like, when people a little bit. Like, yeah, when people are like, oh, I do that because, like, I'm a Leo or I'm an Aries. Right. That's why I do that. It almost feels like that kind of like dismissive thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to take care of that or like this problem isn't that big because, you know, it was just it was just mental health and we'll be able mm -hmm. to take care of it later when it's like, no, we need to start taking care of it now. We yes. need more preventative care so we don't see tragedies like this. So if it was mental health, maybe we could have gotten services in place for people that would prevent this. But I'm glad you you segued into that. Let's talk about preventative care. Mm -hmm. Because it almost seems as though mental health or seeing a therapist, psychiatrist is more reactionary sometimes mm -hmm. than preventative. Yeah. We tend to wait until all hell is breaking loose to, yeah. to, and even then some of us don't get help. But it's almost as if for me, I continue my journey. I want to stay well. And when you have anxiety and depressive symptoms, it comes in waves. I can be on oh, yeah. top of the world. If anybody has watched my social media page, you probably say, oh, what is she going through now? One moment I am, I'm the queen of the world. Yep. Life is wonderful. I am woman, hear me roar. I got this. Like, I can take on anything. <laughs> The next post is like, I feel like a train ran over me and backed up because yep. that's just kind of how my life is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's moments of high highs mm -hmm. and then there's plummeting times of the lowest of lows and the difference could be an email. I could be at mm -hmm. work and I'm in my groove. I mean, I'm getting things done. I'm taking stuff off the, the to-do list and yep. then the email will come through that just wrecks my entire day it's so yeah. rude it's so condescending and i'm yeah. like i want to go home right now yeah mm -hmm. i really i'm i'm feeling like i i can't do this 
and that's kind of how some some illnesses are. You yeah. you you're looking at, at the mountaintop. I can climb Mount Everest, or you're looking like, oh my god, I'm gonna fall. I mean, yeah. And sometimes there is no in between for me, and I'm mm. I'm like, I want people think something's wrong with me because my posts are are like, but it's my real life, people. I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. There are some days where I can go the whole day, like oh. And I post today was a good day. I'm learning how to celebrate better. Yes. And how mm-hmm. to say, oh, this was, oh my God. This was, I watched Game of Thrones today. <laughs> I ate, you know, my favorite ice cream today. And it may seem mm-hmm. so like minuscule for people, but people, you don't know what anxiety and depression really is unless you have experienced it. Yep. And you can mm-hmm. have a 24 hour period Without mm-hmm. being depressed, for some of us, that's a treatment goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I want to sit up in the bed and not be laid out for the whole. I want to get out the bed. I want to get a shower with my favorite bath and body works. I want to <laughs> yes. smell good, put on the reddest lip I can find, and say, "Hey, world!" Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I celebrate little things like that because yeah. for some of us people out there. Good days don't come a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So you learn to relish in it and bask in it because I don't really know what tomorrow is going to look like for me. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. may not move you may derail me because mm-hmm. of what I'm dealing with. You can see a, a movie, a billboard, something can trigger you, a song, a cologne. Mm-hmm. triggers mm-hmm. are so real and oh, you can yes. go from being like I'm so happy to a song did that to me I heard a song on one of my favorite gospel artists album mm-hmm. and at first I'm singing it it's an old song right mm-hmm. and it hit me where did I hear that song before my stepfather who was inappropriate with me used to sing that song so although in the moment I'm just rocking out, but then like, where did I hear this? Then the memory hit mm-hmm. and down it went. So mm-hmm. I keep I keep continuing appointments at mm-hmm. least once a month, depending on how I'm feeling, maybe once every yeah. other, whatever, because I want to have more good days. Mm-hmm. I want to experience me because sometimes mental illness turns you into somebody else yeah mm-hmm. you don't recognize mm-hmm. and you're like why did i say that why did i do that why did yeah. i go there why did i engage in with why did i drink that why did i smoke that why did i mm-hmm. and i am i call myself a social drinker but when you're dealing with depression Sometimes you add extra because you want to be numb. Yes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I said it. I have done that. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. drank too much. Not because I just like the taste of it. I like how it made me feel. Yep. Mm-hmm. It detached me from reality, even if it was for a temporary amount of time. Mm-hmm. But it took me away from my pain. Now, when I came back down from that high, that pain was like, Welcome back. Mm-hmm. At least in that moment, it didn't exist. But I learned that it was doing me more harm than good. 
my family, my husband, like, I just think you're doing, you're overdoing it. And I got very offended. What do you mean? I can handle, I'm not an alcoholic. I can handle my drinking. But yeah, I had to get therapy to stop. I had to, I had to leave it alone. So that maybe meant I couldn't maybe go out to that place or associate with this person because that was my weak point. Mm-hmm. And I have a family member who is now, I think he's probably about 15 years sober now. Mm-hmm. So I've seen my family member go through uh, detox and not wanting to live and depression after losing a, a, a marriage and losing a mom and losing a, a brother or a niece all in a two-year span. So yeah, I've seen what alcoholism looks like. And mm-hmm. I will be honest. Oh, I said, oh, that's not gonna be me. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I was I was told as a young child, you know, Christians don't drink, Christians don't get drunk, Christians, Christians, whatever. And no offense to anyone who's not Christian or who is. This is just my truth. But just because you have a certain spiritual belief doesn't make you immune to life. Life has been lifing. And for some of us, we have used substances to try to to slow life down. Let's get into that substance abuse. Do you deal with that in your um, treatment, Hannah? Do you handle that in in your job? Um, So I also have a caseload too. And then I I know I mentioned previously, but for about six years, I was with family and children. Mm -hmm. But typically when we do have an intake, sometimes they'll mention um, like past uh, substance use or mm-hmm. current substance use, but sometimes it's typically like, well, it's not an issue right now. Okay. Um, and so typically we kind of, you know, the goal is to kind of figure out what works best for them and you can't force somebody to do substance um, abuse treatment if they're not ready. Um, but most of the time I do more mental health and not a lot of uh, substance use right now. Okay. Kimberly, what's are you into handling substance abuse treatment at all? Um, I'm trying to get there currently, actually. Because okay. um, in order to provide, um, I think it's substance use services. I think it's in at least the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. There is certain licensure that you can get. Um, mm-hmm. It's called like a clinical drug and alcohol like specialist. I forgot the name of it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I know that you are able to get licensed to help people with substance use issues. Um, but it is really common for people that come in for intake um, to have a co-occurring like substance use and mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see it quite a bit, but it's not something I do in my day-to-day work. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have experience like working with people in the substance use capacity, just not as much as oh. some of maybe my other colleagues would. How does a person start if they feel like this information is beneficial and they possibly want to reach out? Do they have to have a referral from a primary care doctor? What initiates this process of being treated by AWBS? Um, so I can go or Kim. Um uh, so we um, partner with uh, DH Win, so um, the Detroit 
I wrote it down. Detroit Wayne Integrative Health Network. Because I was okay. like, I'm going to forget. <laughs> um, so you can call them. Um, they can do an initial screening. Um, and typically they connect you with the closest mental health agency. Um, mm-hmm. That's more convenient to you. Um, which is great. And so they do partner with us. So we get a lot of their referrals. Um, So usually um, you can do that to kind of help with the intake process. Very good. Very good. How important, Kimberly, is it to pay attention to yourself in terms of if you notice some changes in your mood or you're feeling different. How important is it to recognize that right away um, before it gets out of control? It's so important because um, I know one of the things that comes up quite a bit since COVID has happening, and you were kind of mentioning it when you were kind of telling your stories, is this idea of burnout. Yes. Um, so when we get to the point where we're overworking ourselves, we're taking on too many tasks that we're not getting done, we're becoming overwhelmed, mm-hmm. we're not able to do the things that we are usually able to do, right? Yes. Like those are kind of the classic signs of like burnout. And I don't know if you've experienced this like in your workplace, but you'll get to that point where you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to go back home. I don't mm-hmm. care if this doesn't get done. Like that mm-hmm. apathy kind of kicks in and says, yes. like, I don't, I don't need to get this done. I don't care anymore. Like yes. I'm so tired. I just want to go home and lay down. Like, yes. <laughs> so one of the things that I've noticed with like a lot of clients that are coming in, especially like people who are working mm-hmm. um, during COVID, like burnout became like very, very prevalent. Um, not even like just for like clients who are working, like even among staff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like speaking from my personal experience, I've been kind of realizing recently, like I'm starting to get burnt out. Like I've been working, I haven't had the chance to take time off. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's going to impact the work that I do. Yes. Um, and one thing that I tell clients and tell myself and basically like anybody that's willing to listen <laughs> is if you don't show up for yourself, mm. you're not going to be able to show up for anybody. Like, so you, cannot, you cannot give from an empty cup, right? Ooh. So you have to find those things where like you have that great day where you're going to sit, you're going to take yes. a shower, you're going to lather up with that lotion from Bath and Body Works, yes. you're gonna drink your favorite tea, you're going to get it done and it's going to feel so good. You need those days like more yes. than anything, especially now. Because self-care is so important. Yes. Um, and sometimes your self-care is that day where you're like, I just need to get out of this bed. If I could get out of the bed today, mm-hmm. that's my win. And that's your self-care. Like sometimes yes. I think like with social media and like, especially like I have a lot of clients that bring up TikTok now too. <laughs> um, especially with TikTok, we kind of befuddled the meaning of self-care. Um, cause you know, you think self-care and you're like, oh, I'm going to take like a fancy bubble bath and have a glass of wine and like eat some chocolate and that's going to take care of me. But in reality, self-care sometimes is that idea of I'm going to go to therapy today, even though I don't want to, because something really bad happened to me this week and I need to talk about it and I need to get it out or I'm not going to be able to be my best version of myself. Um, 
so even just recognizing like when you just need to take a day off so like next week friday i took the day off because i was like good for you kimberly i'm gonna take a break i deserve it so being able to recognize like if you are working currently or if you're a parent or anything if you have someone in your support system where you can say like can you just take the kids for today and i just need a day just to myself just to be able to take care of myself we really need to start recognizing that point earlier because once you get to the point where you're so burnt out and you don't care usually that ends up with you losing your job or something bad is going to happen to you and it's it, that's where that preventative care comes in right Yes. So I really am a huge advocate like for self-care and taking care of yourself first and foremost. So like when my friends are like, I'm tired, I don't want to go to work. I'm the first to be like, take the mini off. <laughs> yes. I'm always encouraging really. it. <laughs> you have mm. paid time off, you have vacation time. Take it. Take it mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. no guilt and do not take your computer. It took my husband to really get on me. We would take a, a annual trip. Um, mm-hmm. up to Gladwin every year and I would try to sneak my laptop because <laughs> the beginning of the year is time for us to do reviews on our on our staff and we had that so I'm like well, while I'm up here I could just oh no no, no. we yeah. have to stop normalizing taking work on vacation that's no longer a vacation it's work yeah. in a yeah. different location you're exactly. on location at work. That's pretty much what it is. And in mm-hmm. the workplace, I'm so glad you said that. Show up for you. And sometimes showing up for you, in my case, is I don't have the capacity to take that project on. Mm-hmm. Being open and honest about yeah. the limitations with no apologies, with no nope. guilt. You're not a failure. You're a human. Yes, and you're mm-hmm. showing up for yourself because you're recognizing you're not a robot. Mm-hmm. You are not R two D two or C three PO. Yes, exactly. You are all flesh and blood, and you need a chance to give your all to each project. So I have to stop stacking stuff on because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is put your name on something that you weren't able to put your all in. There goes mm-hmm. reputation. That was yeah. a whole project, Latanya. You didn't do that. Very- you shouldn't even have taken it on in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I can't give it my all. I'm so glad we had this conversation, ladies. If I, <laughs> you, you all give me therapy for free. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm not going to take it on. Because mm-hmm. I owe myself the time to do it right. Mm-hmm. And do it well. And there yes. has to be a separation of work and home. That's why. And I'm, I may ruffle some feathers. I don't like working at home. When you have a stressful job, you like being able to go beep and then you walk out the door and the job is back here. I'm going home. When Mm -hmm. they started intertwining work at home and home and work became one place for me, I needed extra therapy for that because it brought extra stress into a place that was my sanctuary. Now, some people have, have the capacity to say, well, I log off. I can go into this room and it's over. I don't have that capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be Saturday morning. Did I send that? Let me go ahead and log on. Since blah, 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 blah. No. So for me, I was one of the last Mohicans that mm-hmm. was going into the office with a smile on my face. Like, I'm not doing this at home. I'm coming to work. It could be a blizzard. Mm-hmm. They, would have to, <laughs> they would have to beg me. Latanya, can you just not go in there? 
But no, you don't understand. I cannot, I can't combine work and home. It just wasn't mm -hmm. working for me. It was not. Okay, we got a comment. Hi, you are a psychologist. You have mental health tag. Okay, all right. Lula, LulaRue 2004, thank you. So I'm learning to create boundaries. Mm -hmm. My mental health journey is inclusive of a boundary setting. It doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag off, leave me alone. It could be oh, really yeah. fine. And you know, I'm unable to attend. I'm unable yeah. to do this. I'm unable to, maybe not right now, but catch me on the next time you do that. Mm -hmm. And just say, my capacity has limits. Mm -hmm. We teach people that we're invincible. The reason why they come to us, yeah. they know, but Tanya will do it. It's like that old commercial. Give him to Mikey. He'll eat it. It's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's me. When nobody else wants to touch it. Oh, I'm not doing mm -hmm. it. I'm not doing it. Oh, I know who will. Oh, I, yep. Got it. Like, yeah. oh, man. And now you're on the hook for it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my personality in the way. I love to serve. I oh, love team wins and we get it done even though I did it you know it's, yeah right <laughs> that's just in my deep my mom was that way she was the consummate office person that just got everything went through her the administ administrator she did it all she ran a church or two she trained she preached she did everything so I saw that growing up I saw that be a strong woman hear me roar in my yes. home so I didn't have any other you know, way of living other than get out there and work hard, retire, yeah. and try not to die. I mean, <laughs> literally. I, is there something else? Um, no, I don't want that. So yeah. I don't know how. Don't work hard. What does that even look like? You yeah, know, right. don't work hard. Mm -hmm. I want to go to work. I don't want to go. So it's exactly just, mental health includes self love. It includes mm -hmm. boundaries. It includes yes. saying yes to you and maybe no to someone else in a loving way, in a respectful mm -hmm. way, because you want to live and not just merely walk the green mile like a zombie trying yeah. to make the donuts. You know, I want to be fulfilled. I've had a great career uh, mm -hmm. in what I do, but now I'm like, I kind of got some dreams. Mm -hmm. I want to be a dang on podcaster. Yes. How about that? So I exactly. mean, mm -hmm. it it took me separating myself from some other stuff to say, yeah, I want to do something for me, and mm -hmm. it feels so good, and that's helping my mental health. The more you do for you out there, mm -hmm. that fulfills you, your life's impact. Oh my goodness! Do whatever that is. Exactly. Boy, whatever your purpose in life is teacher baker singer podcaster mm -hmm. therapist whatever that is tap into that mm -hmm. please tap into that because burnout is real and i no, have sure. this a nine to five i have made good money in my career thank you very kindly but now i'm ready to make good money doing my passion yes mm -hmm. that's my mm -hmm. that's my goal that's my goal yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. What I want to know now from you ladies, you mentioned, I think it was Kim that mentioned group. You do group oh. sessions? Yes. 
Um, so as of right now, I do have a couple groups that are closed, so they're okay. not accepting new clients at this time. Okay. Um, but one of my goals for 2023 is to work on making like an open group. So like people can kind of come and go as they please. And we talk yeah. about like different mental health topics. Yeah. Um, Cause I personally, like I love running groups. Like I, I know a lot of people, one of the most common things, if I bring up group therapy, a lot of people are like, I don't like people and I don't want to be in a group. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. But also you're really missing out because I love, I love running groups. They're the best because a lot of times I'll be there as the therapist and kind of the person that's running the show, but the clients are really the ones kind of putting the ideas out there. They're helping each other. And it's such a collaborative and like beautiful effort that that's why I love groups so much is because you'll come and you'll think that I'm going to be the one teaching you something, but it's really going to be Miss So-and-so from down the street coming in and saying, oh yeah, you know what? I went through something similar. Um, mm -hmm. I can help you or I can lead you in the right direction. Like, that's why I love groups. That's why I'm really hoping this year, if I can at least run one, like run open group and just have lots of people coming through, I would love that personally because I love running groups and I didn't think I, I would either. You're making me want to get a couple of degrees here. Yeah. <laughs> go into okay. that because for me, I've gone through group therapy and mm -hmm. there was some kind of, there's a camaraderie, um, yeah. When you're in the room and they do this for substance abuse groups, for mental health yep. groups, when you have people in the room who you don't know, you have mm -hmm. no real investment in their lives at all, um, mm -hmm. but they are willing to share some of their innermost thoughts and you find commonalities. Like, yes. wow, I feel like that. Like, wow, I'm going through that. It mm -hmm. kind of makes you feel like I'm not out here, you know, just by myself going through out of all the billions of people on the planet, there's yeah. someone that can understand my plight. You know, exactly. there's there's something that helps you want to heal even more when you know there's somebody else. And there were days, and I will say this, that when we would go around the room, everybody's goal was different. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard someone say, I just want to get a shower, I could see the faces kind of like, hmm, yeah. you just don't know. Exactly. What people yeah. are going through when they can't even roll over in the bed, the depression is so tough. Yeah. Just not taking their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. so to be able to get up, and for me, a shower isn't just to be physically clean. It's a new yeah. start to me. Yeah. I love Juniper Breeze from Bath and Body Works. Yeah. <laughs> so a shower for me is a, a, a chance to get a clean slate. I've mm -hmm. washed off of yesterday's drama, trauma, and I'm getting another chance to say, okay, new day. We can do yep. this. So don't mm -hmm. despise when people say things that you may think are minuscule. Oh, yes. Do not judge. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. you are taking two or three showers, but this particular person is pushing just to be able to take a shower. When my uh, relative was going through depression and alcoholism, I knew something was wrong with him when he didn't shave his head. He always kept a clean, bald head. When mm -hmm. I saw him with hair, oh, mm -hmm. I knew. I said, oh, yep. mm -hmm. this is worse than what I thought because you never have hair. You always have good hygiene. You always dress to impress. But when you're depressed, you don't care. How you nope. look, how you smell, 
you don't care. Mm -hmm. Just enough to open your eyes up that day. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a comment here. I'm not sure, LuLaRue, what you want to talk about, but it says, do you know about parents' divorce? Do you want, oh, I have another comment down here. This might be our clarification. Because my parents want to divorce. They mm -hmm. argue every day on who will take me. Oh, my gosh. That mm -hmm. is very hard. And I cry under my pillow. I'm only a piece of dirt that needs to be walked on. Oh, my God. First mm -hmm. of all, thank you for sharing, LuLaRue. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone through my parents divorcing. I was very young. Um, and I felt the effects later on in my life. But just mm -hmm. know you're not a piece of dirt. You are a human being. It's mm -hmm. not your fault that your parents want to divorce. There may have been some things that happened um, that they just may not be able to work out. So let them be adults and handle that part. But they love you. They created you. And mm -hmm. don't try to figure out why. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a grown person thing. Um, mm -hmm. They may argue, and that's a part of being a parent too. Um, yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just don't know how to communicate in a way that's not loud or not, you know, kind of like, I, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm a parent and I've had to apologize to my baby about some things that she, she's 20, not my baby, but she, she <laughs> she's your baby. Yeah. She's baby. She's your baby forever. Yeah. Yes. So you had to hear that, sweetheart, you know, because your stepdad and I, you know, didn't agree on something. But but I really need you to know you're not a piece of dirt. You are mm -hmm. a beautifully made human being, unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. But it sounds as though this divorce thing is really bothering you. So mm -hmm. maybe you may want to talk to your parents and tell mm -hmm. them how it makes you feel. When you argue, I feel blank. When yes. you fight, I feel blank. It mm -hmm. makes me feel like a piece of dirt. It makes me feel like you don't see me, like you don't love each other. I feel responsible for your divorce. The most important thing you can do is open your mouth, LuLaRue 2004. Exactly. That's just my mm -hmm. advice. I'm going to let yes. the ladies chime in too. No, yeah, like you nailed it on the head. And two, like if you feel like there's somebody else that you can talk to like maybe if your parents you don't feel like you can be as open or communicative with your parents um i'm not sure how old you are but if you have like a trusted adult in your life or a friend that you can talk to um you can always go and turn to them instead um and say you know i'm going through this and i really need someone to just listen to me or talk with me or figure something out um mm -hmm. And, you know, just reading your next comment about like better than them listening, like mm -hmm. arguing and shouting all the time. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I think parents, they might want to stay together for the kids, you right. know, even if they're not, you know, the best fit for each other. And I think the fact that they're they're very brave in the sense of they're going to take that step and recognize like we're not working out. And this right. is going to not only impact us, it's going to impact our child as well. Mm -hmm. So it, if you have someone that you can reach out to, like maybe if you don't want to talk to your parents, definitely reach out to them and let them know exactly what's going on. Um, also at schools, there's counselors too that can connect you with services. Mm -hmm. um, that also helps as well to kind of find an adult figure that can kind of communicate with you. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I would definitely recommend that. Um, as well as, you know, kind of finding someone who's your sounding board. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Now I understand what you meant by this comment, Lularoo. Um, I am not a psychologist and neither are, I don't believe Hannah and Kimberly are, but my page does have a mental health tag because I talk about mental health. But as, uh, my guests have said, please reach out to someone, be it a school counselor, be it your parents, be it a grandparent you trust, someone that you trust, but you can say, this is how I'm feeling. And I yeah. learned that from therapy. It's called I, I messages. I, oh, feel I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I say, this. I feel this when you do that, because how yep. else will they know LuLaRue? Mm -hmm. How, mm -hmm. how else will they know that that arguing makes you feel like nothing? Yeah. You know, parents aren't perfect. Trust me. Mm -hmm. They're not perfect. But we are probably the most imperfect beings because, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were able to have kids, but that doesn't make us perfect. And exactly. parents are hurting themselves, which mm -hmm. makes them argue because they got some stuff that's going on in their minds, too. That's mm -hmm. kind of overwhelming. We all kind of been overwhelmed lately. So mm -hmm. give them a little grace, but please tell them how you feel. I think you may feel better just getting it off your chest mm -hmm. and making sure that they are aware. Yes. I, I, I love when my daughter tells me, um, I don't always respond like I should because I'm a little, I get nervous. <laughs> like, okay, what would I do? What I do? But yep. I like when my daughter feels comfortable enough to say, hey, mom, when you said this, you kind of demean my feelings. I'll give you an example. When this whole pandemic thing came, I'm thinking, oh, homeschool, you guys are going to have a blast. It's going to be so easy. Oh, no, yeah. no. I minimize the fact that that was their social environment. Oh, and yeah. they were used to a teacher, a structured day. From this time to this time, you get this class. Then you have to be at home. And some kids didn't have the best home life. And oh, yeah. school was yeah. a better place to be. They got better food, more mm -hmm. attention. So as a parent, I had to, to say, you know what? I apologize to, to my daughter for mm -hmm. minimizing her true feelings and how she's had to adapt to a different type of world. So mm -hmm. please share, share, share. I like to journal. When I have mm -hmm. feelings, um, and I'm probably way older than you, Rue 2004. Um, when I have feelings that I don't like and it's uncomfortable, I write them down. Um, I have a journal that I write things I'm, I'm happy about and things I'm concerned about. And just writing it sometimes helps me feel better. We got another comment. I am only garbage and garbage need to burn. Not at all. Not mm -hmm. at all. I nope. really want you to talk to someone. Yes. Because that is not yeah. true. That is simply not true. You're not mm -hmm. garbage. No, mm -hmm. no. And there's something that's going on making you feel that. And I need you to get that addressed. Mm -hmm. Very important. I'm glad you tuned in today. This is yeah. why we do what we do. Um, because you never know who's out there in the audience that may just mm -hmm. pass by, you know, yeah. not know what it's about, but just tune in. But this mm -hmm. is why we have the kind of discussions like we're having today about mental health. It's not exactly. healthy 
to think that you're garbage. I see your tears. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I see it. I see it. And that's why I want you to get mm-hmm. help and I want you to do it quickly. Make me a promise. Please make me a promise that when we're done here, that you will talk to your mom and dad and someone you trust and say, you know what? I want to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm feeling mm-hmm. inside and I don't like the way I feel. Make mm-hmm. me a promise. I need you to do that for me. It's very important that you follow through on that, Lularu. You're mm-hmm. not worthless. You're not garbage. Not at all. Garbage gets out. You're way more important than some old raggedy chicken and fish bones. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You are a whole human being. You did talk to them? Okay, well, keep talking. And Mm -hmm. if you need to get additional help, ask your parents to help you get additional help. Maybe Mm -hmm. talking to someone who doesn't know you will make you feel even better. Mm -hmm. It helps me. It helps Mm -hmm. me. No, I don't want you to end everything. That is not the way. I promise you it's not. Mm -mm. I promise you that is not the way. No, Mm -hmm. I've had those thoughts too, LuLaRue. And I need you to hear me and hear me well. That's not the way. Mm-hmm. That's Agreed. not the way. And there's no guarantee that, that they'll be happy together. We don't mm-hmm. know that. But you are still here. I need you to know you're worth living. Your life is yes. worth living. You're important. Exactly. You are important, Lularu. Please, I beg of you to not think that way. Mm-hmm. And if, even though you do... There's hotlines out here yes. that you can call. Mm-hmm. I don't have them in my head right now, but they made, there's a suicide hotline. Give me mm-hmm. a second, Lulu. I'm going to find yeah. it. I'm going to find now it. Now they have an easy number to do. There's like a, 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 like a text to number. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for it. Don't go anywhere. I need you to get some help. Mm-hmm. Okay. 988. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. You can dial text 988 to get help because you're concerning me, LuLaRue. I'm concerned because that means you've taken on all that arguing and all that fussing and you're internalizing it. It's not your battle, mm-hmm. sweetheart. Mm-hmm. It's not it's your not. fight. It's not your fault. It's not your battle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dial text 988. I need you to get help. Mm-hmm. Do not end your life. Mm-hmm. I beg of you. I don't even know you, and it doesn't matter. You it's are a human being, and mm-hmm. we share this planet together. I need you to live. Promise me you will dial 988 and get help. Promise me you will keep talking. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. That is why we're talking about mental health. And there can be organizations in your town. I don't know where you are, but you can Google help. The internet is full of resources. You don't have to go through this by yourself. Mm-hmm. There's help for you. I'm so glad you stopped by, but I need to know that you will not end it. Mm-hmm. I need to know so I can sleep tonight because mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking for you mm-hmm. and trying to find you. You deserve to live. Let these adults, please dial it. Please, 988, my dear. Promise, mm-hmm. me, good. promise me 
I'm so serious, Lula Rule 2004. It's a reason why you came through here today. Mm -hmm. It's a reason. Mm -hmm. Things happen for a reason. Please dial it. Help and hope is only a text away from you. Mm -hmm. Let your mm -hmm. parents handle parent stuff. Okay? Let mm -hmm. them handle that. That's not your problem. But it would be horrible if they lost you. Mm -hmm. I promise you they wouldn't be happy. Mm -mm. I have a child. And I wouldn't be able to make it <laughs> if mm -hmm. anything happened to my baby. Yeah, And I see, you mm -hmm. see, I told her my baby, she's 20. I don't know how old you are. But a parent's love is serious. It's mm -hmm. just parenting stuff and couple stuff. Yeah, you, know, you got mm -hmm. a ways to go. That's their stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. It will yeah. be better. Keep saying that. Keep saying that, LuLaRue. Keep it saying that. I promise you it will be. Mm -hmm. Keep saying it until you believe it. Yes. yes. Get it down in your spirit. It will be better. Mm -hmm. You're 17. Bless your heart. Yeah. You got a mm -hmm. lot of living left, LuLaRue. Yes, ma'am. A ma whole lot of living. Mm -hmm. 17 is a good age. Oh, <laughs> right. I have a good time at 17. Right. You got, you got a, lot of, a lot of ways to go. Let parents do parent stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it, you said it right the first time. It will. It. You said it right the first time. So I'm going to yep. go back and put your other message up here. This is the one I like better. Yes, it will be. <laughs> it will. Yeah. We're going to stick with that one. It yeah. will. It will. So I got to get out of here. I can't tell you how thankful I am, mm -hmm. Hannah and Kimberly, for this time that you've spent with me on my <laughs> show. This topic is, it's kind of heavy. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's but it's so necessary, and I'm grateful to professionals such as yourself and AWBS for all the work that you do. What can the community do? What what can what part can we play mm -hmm. to make sure you keep doing what you what you do? Um, I would probably say like just more awareness. Um, I think I think it's great that we're having these conversations and being more aware about like mental health, mental health stigma. Um, kind of talking about what we do as jobs. I feel like a lot of people don't know. They think people yeah. just go to the therapy office and then they leave and that's it. And they're magically better. <laughs> yeah, they're magically better. Um, but no, we do a lot of different things. Um, having a conversation regarding triggers, coping skills, um, different ways to kind of help yourself as well as self-care mm -hmm. um, as, you know, different ways to kind of keep promoting um, mental health and mental health awareness. Yeah. And definitely as like, if you have someone in your life that is struggling with a mental illness or they might not want to get help, be there for them. You know what I mean? They are struggling with something very real to them where their problems might not seem like anything to you. It's real to them. And the fact that you can be there for a friend, a family member in the best capacity that you can be, right? Um, because we did talk about the importance of setting boundaries for yourself. Yes. There are going to be times where people are going to lay some really heavy stuff on you and you are not going to be able to be qualified or you're not going to be able to handle it the way that they need someone to handle it for them, you know? 
Um, so being able to have those conversations with your loved ones and say, you know, I really see you struggling and I want to be able to help, but this seems like something that is out of my hands. We need to get you something more intensive. Um, and even too, like I've had clients come in with like a trusted family member just for support. So if you have someone that really needs to get some sort of help and they want to go somewhere and they want to see a therapist, but they really need that extra support, go ahead, go with them if you have the capacity. Mm -hmm. But remember too, to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. very important. Yes. So we're going to get out of here and I'm going to be following up with Lula Rue because I, I want to make sure Lula Rue knows that there is support here. So yes. to my listeners and my viewers, especially you all in the Michigan area, mm -hmm. I'm in Westland. I think there's different locations of AWBS, but mm -hmm. Google all well-being services. Mm -hmm. You're in Michigan. If you need their services, if you're not sure if you do, but you kind of think you might, mm -hmm. call them. Yep. I'd rather you do it and then regret not doing that. Your mm -hmm. mental health matters. Yes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Trailblazers Radio. Um, that is our platform. Also, Critical Conversations. I'm on YouTube and Facebook. I thank you all for joining us. And I'm looking forward to meeting two more of your colleagues tomorrow yeah. at Liberating Truth Church's Mental Health Forum called The Elephant Speaks. Mm -hmm. And I am looking forward to having that. Um, yeah. Lularu, I'm still here. Don't go anywhere. Message me. I'm not too technically savvy, but I'll figure out how to message you. But I need you to call that number. So to my listening and viewing audience, thank you for hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. Hannah, Kimberly, my thanks. A million thanks to you. Yes, thank you. AWBS. I'm just making sure I'm, I don't miss I don't know how to message you, Lula Rue, but I'm going to find you somewhere. Are you coming from YouTube? I'm old, Lula Rue. Bear with me. <laughs> I'm way older than 17. And you know you know buttons and gadgets. I don't know. I'm going to figure out a way. Oh, Twitch. I'm not even sure I even have a Twitch account, but I'm sure Trailblazers does. Hmm. Do you have yeah. Facebook? Lula Rue, I can I can be messaged that way. Most importantly, I need you to dial that number, that 988 number. Mm -hmm. I need I need you to get help today. Yes. Please. Please. That's the most important part of our conversation. I need mm -hmm. to know that you're going to get some help today. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. have Facebook. Okay. I'm not even sure. Do you know what Twitch is, ladies? I was like a streaming service, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything past that, though. Lula yeah. Rue, I, I am an old fogey, Lula Rue, but I need you to call that number. Please. Yes, please. And I'll figure out how to twitch you back. I'll find someone who knows how to twitch. Yes. And I'll twitch, twitch you back. Trust mm -hmm. me. I, I mean that. But to all of my viewers, I'm going to find a twitch. I got to get out of here. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, yes. Kimberly. Everybody. Thank you. And thank you for joining me on Critical Conversations. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night.